the defense got torched. That's the story of this game. It's not sets of interceptions. It's not as inability to get back. It's that the defense, the defense, the incredible defense with three first round picks, maybe the best defense that we've ever seen. They got freaking torched and that's why they lost. Hey there, my name is Scott Duvall, and you are listening to episode 297 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. My two co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller, were at the SEC Championship game. And in this post-game podcast, they hit the good, the bad, and the ugly from the 41-24 loss that Georgia took at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Perhaps you're not ready to listen just yet. Totally understand that. I, quite frankly, haven't wanted to listen to any analysis today, but just bookmark this episode and check back in a few days. If you do, I think you'll find that my co-hosts both make a few very good points in this episode. And we'll see if Kirby and the team can fix what went wrong on Saturday evening. The dogs have time before the historic matchup versus the Michigan Wolverines, about three and a half weeks to be exact. But before we start thinking about the Orange Bowl semifinal matchup, let's lick our wounds from another disappointing loss to Saban and the Crimson Tide. Here's Will to get things started. Hello, it is the post-game show, not immediate post-game show, wait until the next day, or actually wait until the pairings came out, pairings, playoff pairings, for the Georgia Bulldogs who made it, so that's good news, we were expecting that, everything has happened in between now and then, maybe not so great, um, I'm Will Leach, I'm here with Tony Waller, Scott, too much of a coward to talk about the game, too sad. Tony and I were both there. Um, that was, uh, listen, I, I, I certainly, a lot of people were tweeting at me during and after the game being like, wow, Will was right. I, I, that's, that, that was not, I was not watching that game going like, oh, excellent. I was correct. So happy for me. Uh, that, was, uh, an, uh, that was an unpleasant experience. Pretty much from the Pickens catch to that next touchdown on. It was like 10-0, and I have to say, Tony, at that time, I thought, hmm, they really could. Maybe it really is the the idea that, that a lot of people had, right? That once they once they finally tasted blood, they would relinquish, they would uh, vanquish all of their years of misery and frustration with Alabama by blowing them away. Uh, that did not happen. The exact opposite happened after that. What would you think uh, watching it, and why, what's some of your takeaways? Well, I mean, I think the first thing to think is Jameis Williams is open right now as we speak. Uh, the second thing is... Uh, we'll have plenty of time to deconstruct what happened yesterday, but the most stunning part about the game to me had to be landing and smart. Um, the decision to not play press coverage and rush more than four or five on a consistent basis until the game is on hand, right? Um, it felt like pretty much after Alabama had the long touchdown pass, uh, the 55, the really long thought 55 yard or whatever it was. Um, that was it. Uh, then, then we went to the press coverage. Then we started in, in frankly, the Alabama's game state after that switch. Uh, the bad news was that, um, I think we, I think we found out that average Stetson, not great Stetson is not the team to lead you back. Uh, the quarterback to lead you back. Um, you know, he didn't, his line is not terrible. Right, twenty nine and forty eight. The two interceptions are bad. Although one of them was on a fourth down where he was just trying to make something happen. The other was really, really bad. Really bad. Uh, um, but you know, also he made a lot of incredibly good throws. Uh, so you know, I think uh, you know, I, I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot. I've had people text me like, "Well, clearly Stetson 
Oh God, what? Yeah, sure. We can have that discussion, but any conversation that doesn't start with what in the hell were we doing on defense for the better part of three quarters um, or actually the better part of two quarters because it worked for the first quarter. Um, I told Tiffany Wayne last night, I, Lanning probably lost the Broils Award last night <laughs> uh, because he, he I, I, whether it was him or smart, they just absolutely refused to change coverage and just like, hey, it worked the first time. We, we trust these guys. And by then, you were in a hole that was just too much to get out of. Um, and, and it's like, well, you know, Daniels, I'm not, I don't know that Daniels would have gotten out of that hole. I just, it, it became, it became, the game state got out of Georgia's favor um, in like four plays after, um, you know, they, after Washington got the touchdown, uh, they turned around and like two minutes later, um, you know, Williams was by himself, split coverage, uh, split the safeties and was gone for a six, seven yard touchdown pass. Uh, at the very next, uh, the very next drive, it was basically the same thing. You know, um, it, it was a, this was a little more workmanlike, but still was a, 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 a touchdown drive that, that, that was, um, George had no answers for. And I think I texted you. Well, I, I think this one's foregone after the touchdown at the yeah. start of the third. So that when, when Alabama came out and drove right down 75 yards and scored, um, I think at that point it was like, we're not going to change the defense. If we don't change the defense, we have zero chance of winning this game. Uh, so, you know, I guess my final assessment is like we can live in a world where we have significant improvements to make uh, defensively. And, and frankly, our secondary has always been the, the part of the defense we've been worried about. I, I think we have to be a little worried about the, the failure to adjust to what Alabama was doing until it was too late in the game. We can also live in a world where um, it was pretty clear that at least average Stetson is not the quarterback you want leading you back. And that was, I think that's something you've been saying all along, or not saying, mm-hmm. thinking all along. Um, so, you know, but anybody that wants to say, well, it's all because of Stetson, that's wrong. Anybody that wants to say it's all because of defense, that's probably wrong. But more importantly, Kirby got out coached again, and that's not surpri- surprising considering Saban. And I'm not saying we need to get rid of Kirby or any of the <laughs> other coaches, but if we come out and we're that hard, hard-headed again, it's t- we have to seriously evaluate um, what this means for Georgia going forward because, frankly, our prior coach was one that once he thought something worked, he would stay with it entirely too long. Yeah, well, they'll get into Stetson in a second because uh, I've been a little surprised how uh, a lot of people have kind of, he's been the takeaway for a lot of people. And it's not been a little bit of a Stetson skeptic, but for crying out loud, I mean, Alabama scored on five consecutive possessions. Four of them were touchdowns right in the meat of the game. I mean, that's obviously why this game was lost. And, you know, we talked about this in the pregame show, right? The idea of, wait, so I like, listen, the only time, the reason the Auburn defense worked is because they were blitzing like crazy. Is Georgia going to do that? And they didn't, nope. and they did not. And we saw what happened when Young has a lot of time. Listen, Young was terrific anyway, even when he didn't have a lot of time, to be honest. Like, Young was amazing yesterday. Like, that was, that was, we have seen him be great. He's, he's probably almost clearly going to win the Heisman Trophy now. But I, that's as good as I've seen him play. He was fantastic. Every little move he made, never mind the pitch. You can make an argument, the best play and maybe the most important play he made all game was recovering that fumble. But like with four Georgia players around him, he just pulls his paw out and pulls it in. A terrific play that kept that drive going and kept the whole momentum of what they were doing uh, going. So listen, uh, I agree that um, Stetson Bennett is not the quarterback that's going to bring your ba- you back when you're down two touchdowns in the second half. 
but he is also not the quarterback that put you down two touchdowns in the second half. <laughs> That's the defense that did that. And that to, I know that I think we have a certain kind of muscle memory because Georgia's defense has been so amazing this year. And the big question particularly in Alabama games, as I said in the pregame show, is Stetson the idea that you would look at him and say, well, see, there you go. There you go. There you go. Particularly when you see what Young's doing on the other side. But for crying out loud, I mean, they lost this game because their coverage was a disaster and they didn't get any pressure on him. And that's why. Like, that's why this happened. I mean, again, you told me coming in, they scored scored 31, 35 points. Like, well, they better win. (laughs) You'd assume they would win uh, with that happens. This is, uh, it certainly feels like it tamps down a lot on that. Is this the greatest defense of all time when they just got torched uh, by that? And I, and I think that now, you know, that now I think the idea of that, I think it's a shame that so much was coming down on, on Bennett because, but on the other hand, you know, the idea was always, yeah, maybe Sesson Ben is not your five-star quarterback, but he's smart. He's, he's crafty. He's smart. He generally makes good decisions. He can run the ball. He can buy you some time. And he's a good enough quarterback with this defense to win a national championship. But if this defense is not this defense, and so I don't think JT Daniels would have won either. For the record, if you're asking me who I think should start in the next two playoff games, my answer is Stetson Bennett. <laughs> I say someone that has been skeptical of him all year, but you're you're in it now, man. Like the time to make the switch has passed, you know. So uh, for for me, and I don't, and I think it would it, benching him would be uh, a, a putting fault on him that I don't think he deserves. He made some pretty big mistakes. That interception, woof. Uh, that that pick six. A couple of those interceptions were rough. But man, I mean, we just not only would have survived those things just fine, they'd still won not too bad if the defense, if the defense would have played the way we thought it was going to. And the defense got torched. That's the story of this game. It's not Sessimbin's interceptions. It's not his inability to get back. It's that they, the defense, the defense, the incredible defense with three first round picks, maybe the best defense that we've ever seen. They got freaking torched. And that's why they lost. Yeah, if you had said at the start of the if you had said before the game that Brock Bowers is going to have 16 catches. Washington was going to have two, including for a touchdown. George Pickens was going to have uh, two catches, including a 37-yarder. I think George wins this game 35-20, right? Um, the part of the, I think part of the problem, too, is that I want to be careful about saying this because, this, I mean, while Stetson got harassed, I think he did, I think the offensive line did enough in the passing game. I just think Alabama did a really good job of mixing up coverages and, and making Stetson hesitate just enough. Um, but they also did a great job of covering guys. Um, but when you're when you're only averaging three point six yards per carry, um, and in rushing the ball thirty times, seven of which were quarterback runs, uh, uh, you know I say I say quarterback runs because a couple of them were actually runs, a couple were busted coverages, and a couple were sacks. Um, you you have to worry a little bit what's what's the the thought process is there, especially considering we didn't run the ball great early. Uh, outside of a, a Macintosh run and a couple of times with James Cook. Um, the, the other thing that that is, I, I want to be, I want to be careful when I say this. I love Zamir White. He has lost the ability to have vision on the field. He, he, he seems to run to the same hole, it, 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 to the hole where the play is called every time. What, at least one of the runs, there was entire, his entire left side was wide open. He just runs into the pile. And that's, um, that's a little bit of a backbreaker with a team like Alabama where yards are a premium, especially controlling the clock, it turns out, is a premium. Um, and, and the last thing I would say about this is that, man, any offense that uh, going forward that doesn't involve 
uh, Washington and Bauer, like 12 personnel, Washington and Bowers on the field at the same time, considering the impact they had receiving. Also considering how hard it was for, for Burton in particular, and sometimes McConkey uh, to get separation is it feels almost like malpractice in a way because they're just, they're mismatched. They're disaster mismatches for everybody. Yeah. And Bauer, I mean, Bowers was the whole offense for, <laughs> for really yeah. large oh, yeah. stretches there. I mean, like it's funny some of Bennett's biggest successes were basically throwing into triple coverage where Bowers just, Bowers just went and got it, uh, yeah. which was, which was really kind of remarkable in that. And, you know, listen, I, I'm curious, you know, cause it is funny to see this is the nature of the way people talk about sports, right. Is the, is, you know, uh, uh, up until four o'clock on Saturday, probably even five o'clock on Saturday, or at least four forty-five. Everything that Georgia, Georgia solved it all. They figured it all. They got it all out. This is the this is the day. This is the day they they vanquish all the demons. It's finally happening. Everything they've done is right. Landing's great. Everybody's great. Whatever uh, Jeffrey Todd Munkin is great. Everything is all working out. Kirby's Kirby's guys recruiting machine. It's all worked out. And now it's. The quarterback's a disaster. What's wrong with the defense? Kirby Smart chokes in big games, and uh, I can't figure out quarterback. Like it is a nature of how these things go that one loss, which again, you know, did not like basically this loss. Like, listen, you could have gotten Alabama out of it, and that would have been nice. Uh, but on the whole, though, I'm not entirely certain if Alabama would have kept this close, they wouldn't have picked him over Notre Dame anyway. But whichever, we don't have to worry about that. Um, but basically, they're in the playoffs. They're playing Michigan. That affects the color of their uniforms that they will wear in that game. But other than that, they're in the playoffs. They're in the idea that somehow uh, as frustrating, as hard as that watch, both the net, like watching the, watching the the coverage of the game, but like, you know, you're seeing a lot of does Kirby smart have a mental block when he places save and plays save. And does he make bad decisions? I saw Pat Forte talking about that, but also the idea that, I've seen it from the fan base. <laughs> like, honestly, like I saw from the fan base walking out of that place, there was a, like, listen, I, we can watch this game and be like, okay, uh, there were some bad decisions made and Alabama played great and young was incredible. And Georgia didn't take advantage and they got a lot of things to fix, but I don't suddenly think Georgia is some terrible team. That's never going to beat Alabama ever in the next 20 years. They need to get, get a Kirby smart and do something major to fix. I've gotten a lot of the vibe from that, from, from the fan base, to be entirely honest. Do you think that this was a, whether it was for the team, it sure feels like for a lot of fans, this felt like a backbreaking moment, frankly, more of a backbreaking moment than it actually is. But I feel like the reaction to it, reaction losses are always bad, particularly when you haven't had a loss in you know more than a year and a half. Uh, but it certainly feels like there's been, uh, people have taken, been taking this one pretty hard. Yeah, I think part of it, is, the hard part about it is that, um, Unlike 12, I'm sorry. Well, yeah, unlike 12, unlike 18, uh, the national championship game and the SEC championship game in 18, um, this is a game where it felt like Georgia had the team. It felt like a team of destiny, right? Uh, they had played really well. The, you know, the one, yeah, Clemson, Clemson has had their struggles this year, but, you know, we had, had gone through a very tough game that could have gone either way there. Um, so I think people were, um, you know, hope is a hell of a drug, and I'd probably rather do heroin than hope. Uh, <laughs> but, but I think that's that's part of. It. I think people are processing. Um, and, and let me be very clear about what I what I meant when I said this about it, leading off about Kirby. I'm not by no means am I saying that we have to have a change. That that's crazy talk, right? But I think we have to emotionally set ourselves for the possibility that 
we have a coach that is slow to change. We've seen him change some, but in the same way that Mark Rick was slow to change. Now, does that mean I think we should get rid of Kirby Smart? Lord, no, we're in the college football playoff for the second time in five years in his tenure. Like, so it is, it is, is stupid for us to become that fan base. Now, does that mean there aren't some people that are fan base? Of course there are, because there are people that, that think if Georgia doesn't go 15 and 0 and win every game by 27 points, it is a personal indictment on them. Be that fan. That is fine. That's not the fan I am. Now, did I walk out of there and was I in a pretty blue mood and not at all willing to entertain, um, Coward Alabama fans riding by me shouting while they're driving down the road. Yeah. Also, those two things can be true at the same time. Um, you know, because you know, I had a few Alabama fans that, that you know, tried to smack talk to me. I was like, yeah, it's just with their ass. So, uh, congrats. It's like that's very disarming when people when you agree with them. Um, so, uh, but you know, the, the the very good news is that uh, we are um, Georgia has an opportunity to go and, and compete in the college football playoff, and that is the that has been the goal all along. Um, one of my friends yesterday at the tailgate said, you know, Florida state is the only team in the, in the college football. It's just a saving start at Alabama that did not have to beat Alabama at some point during the season in order to win a national championship, whether it's regular season or in the sec championship or in the playoffs. Um, I'm, I am perfectly willing for Georgia to become that team, but it feels like we're going to have to. And um if we don't, I will let other people. Um, I'll let the sports writers with, uh, you know, I'll, I'll let the sports writers that with, with clicks they need to chase worry about what that means uh, as far as Kirby choking or whatever it is. But the reality is, it's like Georgia still has a very good football team. Georgia has a month to figure out what happened and why uh, last night in, in Mercedes Benz. And I am. I like the matchup with Michigan far more than I would like the matchup with Cincinnati. And I think there is, um, there is an element to that, that I am excited about finding out what this team is made of. Now, does that mean we could go down there and just get housed the way Iowa did? Sure. I, I don't, I think Georgia is a much better team than Iowa. Um, I hope both so. Defensive, well, well, both <laughs> defensively so. and offensively. Right. I right, think, right. I think that's part of it. It'll be interesting to see Bill Conley's SP, SP plus numbers uh, because Georgia's offense played fine. Um, you know, we, we had almost 400 yards of offense and you know, we had, I mean, you know, we had two, we had two drives that stalled inside or ones ended on a, a short interception inside the, the red zone and, and another one that ended inside the red zone on downs. So, um, you know, I, I think, I, I think there, that all the elements are still there. Um, I tell you what, if Kirby smart is truly expects to get that $9.5 million contract, he's got, he's got, uh, um, he's probably still getting it because Jimmy Sexton's his, his agent. We'll be clear about that, but uh, it'll make me feel a lot better about the money that, uh, that, that brooms is going to, going to give him if he can go down to Miami and put together something and do the same. I'm not saying he has to win a national championship to earn it. I'm just saying that um, we'll learn a lot about what Kirby, who Kirby is as a coach and what this team is uh, in, in Miami and potentially beyond. Yeah, and we have plenty of time to preview uh, that. But it was, I don't know, we'll see what happens if we get another rematch of this in Indianapolis or not. But, um, you know, it was 
It was a very Georgia. I'm sorry, but it was a very Georgia thing for it to go down this way. <laughs> and we'll see sure. what, yeah, what happens. And it really is. And and it's funny. I almost feel like it was a more Georgia thing. Listen, uh, the, the piece I wrote after they lost the national championship was the idea that, like, remember this moment. Hang on to this because it, eventually it's going to happen. And when it happens, this is going to be part of the story of it. I actually feel like it's almost better. We'll see what happens this year or in future years that there is no way, no way that Georgia fans are going to go into a game in Alabama ever again <laughs> and say, oh, it's ours. Right. And listen, you heard the vibe when they were up 10. Oh, you felt it. Right. Like oh, yeah, people, absolutely. Yeah, I, I said it. Yeah. I said it. Like yeah. I predicted a 14 point win. Yeah, I get it. But I mean, when they were up 10, oh, when they were up 10, oh, I, I thought this is this is the day. Like I, I per, like as someone that picked Alabama on the podcast to see to, to the the excitement of how of Pickens making that catch, and the way it was kind of rolling, and it felt like all right, like th- this is what this is what people said the, the breakthrough would happen when it was ten oh. I thought this is it, this is going to happen, and then to have it turn from that, it's just a reminder that like you know it's not, it's never ever going to be easy, but it definitely wasn't going to be this easy, <laughs> and uh, now we know. And listen, I think. Michigan is a challenge. I'm sure, I'm sure Georgia is favored, uh, but Michigan is a super tough team. I, I feel like New Year's Eve is going to be a really fun day. I don't, we don't know yet. Maybe people listening will know and we don't, we don't know yet if they're playing the night game or the early game. My guess would be the night game. That'd be my guess. But you but. think so? I, yeah. I, you know, make it being on New Year's Eve changes that a little bit because if this were New Year's day, it would be hundred percent Alabama one versus four. Um going to be playing the night game but being new year's eve i guess there's a possibility that they they will flop the two and um, I, I mean michigan is a huge freaking draw on their own like yeah. like I, well, I we, think that we've been making me- our travel plans based on, on the assumption it's an afternoon game just because that is what you kind of have to do um but you know i'm i'm, I, I'm fine either way i'm just happy i hate to be this way i'm happy to be there yeah and i'm going again everyone else will know soon but my uh, we'll see who's in who's up right ends up being right but my theory is Alabama, Cincinnati is a big TV market. Michigan and Georgia is are two huge TV markets. Like Michigan fans are insane, and they're particularly insane this year. <laughs> so I mean, I'll put it this way: if you want to go to this game, your tickets get a heck of a lot more expensive <laughs> that they're playing Michigan rather than Oklahoma State because Michigan is going to show up. They are going to show up there. So um, it'll be interesting. It'll be an interesting sort of thing. But uh, obviously, a frustrating day. But listen. I feel obliged to remind everyone um, if you just said beginning of this year, Hey, Georgia's in the playoff. Don't worry about how they got there or how it happened or what happened. They're in the playoff. Would you be okay? I think all of us would say yes. In theory. Yes. <laughs> in theory. No, there would really be a way would say, no, I don't want that. Like, yeah, no, like, look, it's, it's ask, that that's a fair question to ask me tomorrow. And, 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 and let me be clear. I am not at all disappointed. Um, I, I'm not all disappointed overall state of this season, right? I'm still smarting from last night. And yeah, it's I, a I went, one. It was a rough one. It was yeah, a rough one. Yeah, no yeah, absolutely. It was, it was, it was, uh, um, it was, um, it was interesting because it was also 80, 20 Georgia fans, maybe, maybe oh, 75, 25, it was. right? No question. Yeah. No question. Yeah. No question. Uh, which is fine. That's, that's yeah. perfectly fine. Um, I, it's going to be interesting to see what the crowd looks like at the orange bowl. Um, I, I have a feeling it's going to be, it's going to, trend heavily towards Michigan fans. Yeah. Uh, first so off, if, if, if you live in Michigan, you want to go to Miami in January, which is why bowl season started. Right. Um, so, but you know, I, I think it's, um, I, you know, I think and they're oh, jazzed, I have, they're a jazzed up fan base and Georgia fans are not jazzed up right now. Yeah. 
I don't think right. there's any question about it. And uh, like, and maybe that changes if they get to Indianapolis, and they play Alabama. But I will say that like, you know, there is like Michigan fans are running through a wall right now. And Georgia fans are hiding and putting their heads down and moping around. Now that fortunately we don't play. <laughs> We're not the ones that actually play the games. So where our headspace at doesn't really matter, but certainly fan base wise, uh, it, I would be actively surprised if there are not more Michigan fans than there are Georgia fans in this game. Yep, agreed. Oof, it was a rough one. But you had, did you have a good day otherwise? Did you have a good day? Yeah, uh, we, had, we had. We good. I missed yeah, you. Had, I missed you at the tailgate right before Ann. I was with. Uh, uh, but but uh, we, we we were with Miller. Miller was with us. Our our and uh, uh, East Miller and East. We talked about Miller before. And uh, yeah, I saw uh, your saw your Instagram. That was awesome. Yeah, it was a good time. I had to tell you too. Uh, it's really like <laughs> we always joke that Miller is our lead block lead blocker in a, in a really crowded uh, tailgate place because he'll. I mean, people will get out of the way of a kid in a wheelchair. Like there's no question. Every time you get a pretty, <laughs> it's like having a police escort. Court. So, uh, but it was it was a really really good time, and it's a great crowd. I saw I heard I saw some listeners beforehand, uh, and got to talk to them for a while. Uh, I saw Robert and saw Mel and saw the crew. It was it was a good time, and uh, the vibe was good. Though it was funny. I, I what I found uh, was. You know, I feel like I'd spent the, all week, all really all season. Everyone's been like, all right, man, this is a year. This is a year. This is a year. And I think just people outside the stadium, I started talking to Georgia fans being like, okay, now that we're here, I'm actually a little bit nervous. <laughs> like actually, you know, perhaps everyone, everyone, we, we were right to be nervous, but uh, certainly um, uh, it, it was a fun day. I lo- like this. And the SC Championship weekend is one of my favorite weekends of the year. We know what happens with the game. It's just a great vibe and a great time. But uh, yeah, not the, not the way that was supposed to go. Yeah, we had the same. Uh, you know, we had a little quiet tailgate, but we had a couple of people came by to say, "Hey, uh, they're listeners." Like, "Hey, you're Tony." I, like, I am Tony. You are correct. <laughs> um, and then I ran into uh, a couple of folks inside the stadium too. Um, and um, you know, it was. Um, I will have to say that uh, it's the fact that Georgia fans stuck around until the interception return, mm-hmm. uh, and and a fair number of people stuck around to the bitter end. Um, I think your assessment is is right that uh, Georgia fans are um, we're taking this hard because we had uh, we had we we had certain expectations about yesterday that didn't get met. Uh, I am um, I will remain extraordinarily disappointed if we don't win the national championship. Um, but I think there are some people that are more disappointed we didn't beat Alabama yesterday, and mm-hmm. having done so would have been probably enough for them. I. I went to beat Alabama badly, and and we may still have to do that to win the national championship. But if we uh, give me the opportunity to uh, see sunrise over Market Square, and mm-hmm. I because we're just won the national championship in Indianapolis. By the way, we won't see the sunrise because it's going to be cloudy. It's January in Indianapolis, <laughs> but I'll still do it. Oof, gonna be exciting. Gonna be exciting. Rough one, rough all around. Still a good time. And hey, the everything that Georgia wants is still ahead of them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, in case we don't do this, I do want to. I do want to say, if you happen to be in Athens or Atlanta, um, check out a band called Basketball Teams. Good friends of mine. Uh, they they will play in Athens on the seventeenth. Is that whatever that Friday is Friday, at Southern yeah. Brewing? And then uh, on the eighteenth, uh, I don't remember exactly where the show is, but it's in Atlanta. They're a bunch of good dudes, uh, fun guys. Many of them are listeners to the podcast, and I appreciate them stopping by and saying hey and asking us to give that, asking me to give that little shout out. Yes, absolutely. Um, well, good times all around. Uh, everyone have have a fun time, and 
let's just never talk about this game again. <laughs> Everybody have a good one, everyone. And uh, we will obviously do a big pregame show for uh, for the Michigan game and kind of wrap it up a little bit. But uh, listen, you're still processing a little bit and so am I. So you know, I think we can go ahead and we can all, we can all, have, everybody have your processes, make it through. There's still football left to be played. And uh, listen, Michigan also has like incredible uniforms, and incredible helmets, and that game's going to look gorgeous. <laughs> so it's going to be a good time all around. We'll find if it's a night game or not. Um, all right, Tony, we'll, we'll do our, uh, we'll, we have not scheduled our big uh, college football playoff preview show yet. Uh, well, whenever we both feel like uh, getting really excited about Georgia football again, we'll probably schedule that. So maybe, maybe a week or so, but it's going to happen. So, uh, all right, uh, Tony, hang in there. And uh, hey, I'll talk to you soon. And uh, go, dogs. Go, dogs. And thanks so much for listening. As Will and Tony mentioned, we'll be back with a proper college football playoff preview show sometime mid to late December. So make sure you subscribe to our podcast. And in the meantime, We'll be active on Twitter and Instagram, so if you want to follow us and interact with us there, you can do so by searching for at WSLS Podcasts. Until next time, we'll see you on campus, and go dogs.